Hey everybody, it's Randy and I want to welcome you back to Divine to Zero. Today we have a great topic and we're going to be talking about and discussing work zone safety on highways and roads. And uh, I have a really good friend of mine uh, in, in with us today, Jared Walker. Uh, Jared is the Chief Operating Officer for Area Wide Protective or AWP. In that role, Jared leads a team responsible for de- delivering safe, efficient, and reliable traffic control solutions for a di- diverse customer base. Uh, AWP's goal is to protect their customers' people, business, and time as an extension of their workforce. Uh, just a little bit about Area-Wide Protective. Uh, they are America's traffic control leader, and they provide safe, professional, and comprehensive traffic management uh, to a diversified client base. Uh, AWP de- deploys over 4,000 traffic control professionals daily to support private contractors and major public utilities throughout 20 states, from Colorado to Connecticut and south to Florida and across Texas, as well as three Atlantic Canadian provinces. A company-owned fleet of over 1,800 fully equipped late model pickup trucks and specialty vehicles ensures that AWP delivers safe, compliant, and on-time traffic control equipment and services to every job site. We have several people uh, from our team uh, who work with and around AWP every day and uh, this this traffic is or this uh, topic is very relevant to the work that we do on a on a day to day basis. Uh, as a 13 year veteran uh, of the utility services industry, Jared has held, held several leadership positions throughout his career, where he's made significant impacts on both the corporations and the industry. Prior to joining AWP, Jared served as the region manager for Asplund Construction Corp, where his team was tasked with developing business and operating contracts throughout the Midwest with primary offices in Columbus, Detroit, Fort Wayne, and Peoria. Jared also served as the Vice President of Operations for Midwest Electric and was responsible for managing the distribution and transmission utility divisions. Jared is driven by his commitment to provide quality, second-to-none services for customers, and this pledge propels and guides the teams that he leads to achieve and surpass customer expectations. We're excited to get this episode out to you today, in which Jared titled, Protect Your People. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, Jared, welcome to Divine Zero. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, appreciate the invitation. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, we're connected. Uh, we started working together, I think, was it back in 2016, maybe, when you were with Aspen? Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and have stayed connected through the years. Congrats on your new opportunity. Um, it's been a while since we've been able to connect, and appreciate you coming in and, and spending time with us today and looking forward to uh, the discussion. So... If you if we could maybe let's just jump right in and and uh, let the listeners know what you, what's your background what you've been up to and uh, talk a little bit about um, your background. Sure, Randy. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to catch up. As you said, it's been a little bit of time. Uh, so I you know had great opportunity uh, to join uh, area wide protective uh, traffic control uh, company. Uh, certainly, the side of the of the of the Mississippi, the largest uh, in in that footprint. Uh, about three years ago, uh, and uh, have been in the utility space uh, on the contracting side of, of the industry for right about 15 years. Uh, so previous to uh, my current role, I was with uh, a couple of two uh, line construction uh, contractors, one kind of a small startup up and growing, and, and uh, the second being one of the larger providers uh, in the country. And so 
uh, great mix of experience that I was able to gain uh, uh, along my journey and uh, met our CEO, my current boss, uh, six or seven years ago uh, through a mutual friend, ironically, and uh, we serviced similar customers and uh, built a relationship over time and a uh, difficult decision to to, to move uh, into, uh, into his space, but have uh, enjoyed uh, every minute of it and happy to have done so and uh, glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, it looks like an exciting time for uh, area-wide protective as well. I, I noticed that uh, you guys have opened 10 new offices this year and you acquired a new, uh, made a new acquisition out in Colorado as well. One of the things I, I was checking out on your website, it talked about your brand promise, protect people, protect business, protect your time. Can you talk talk a little bit about what that means to to AWP and your, your clients? Yeah, really it was uh, it was an effort by our team uh, led by our, our commercial uh, officer, uh, Christina Schnepp, uh, and she did a great job, her and her team, on this effort. But uh, the protect your people, uh, protect your business, protect your time was uh, a lens through which we work uh, day in and day out to define you know, our mission to, uh, to our customers, to the motoring public, and, and to our employees. So kind of foundational to that, Randy, is... Uh, as we uh, as we were growing our business and and, and as in turn growing within uh, the industry, uh, we believed that there was a little bit of a negative connotation that went with the term flagger. Right. And, uh, right. and and as you have been on no, a number of job sites sure. and, and you get around some of the more complex trades and um, it's it's it happens where the traffic control and in the flagging, uh, more specifically, is is a little bit out of sight, out of mind in some some instances, um, and we believed that there was an opportunity for us to instill a sense of pride uh, in our employee base, uh, and so we refer to them as protectors. And okay. so you won't find in in our material, in our training documentation, in our in our uh, any communication internally. Uh, that term flagger, Flyer, right. uh, unless it's uh, unless it's referred to in some level of regulation. And so, uh, okay. what's been neat is it's it's taken hold. Uh, probably right around three years ago, we went through this effort, and uh, and it's taken hold with the majority of our of our key customers. And so, it's uh, it's interesting as we'll be in in you know quarterly business reviews uh, or other meetings. And uh, key customer representatives will will kind of self-correct themselves, right? And mm-hmm. as they go down that path, and and, and be sure to, to use that term protector. Uh, so that's kind of foundational to that is was instilling a sense of pride, uh, deservingly so amongst amongst our workforce. Uh, and then it extends to uh, to the customer base and to the motoring public, right? So sure. um, protect your people is foundational to what we do. Uh, we want to put out a quality workforce. We want to we want to do so in a safe fashion. Uh, we want to we want to install zones as they're required by the regulation and and as extends the greatest level of protection to our customer crews uh, as well as the motoring public kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. um, protect your business to us it takes on a number of different forms uh, one of which is we have an uh, ex- uh, pretty extensive uh, liability insurance policy that we extend on all of our zones I read about uh, that yeah. and so it's it's more so than than what we've seen uh, from from others in the business and think sets us apart. Uh, and we hope to provide a level of comfort in, in our customer base uh, as a result. Not exclusively that sentiment, but that's the one that we refer to most. 
Um, and protect your time takes a number of different uh, avenues. Uh, we measure uh, daily by crew our what we refer to as our on-time arrival. Mm-hmm. You know, start time is a start time. Sure. Late's late. One minute late. It's one minute late. Right. Um, regardless of the of the circumstance. And so, what we knew and 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 what I've lived through in prior experiences is that our ability to get to the job on time as requested extends uh, extends in a, in a world of safety a better service to our folks but also in terms of their productivity and so our ability to have a zone set up to get them into their work more timely mm-hmm. uh, is, a, is a value add that we extend sure okay great thanks for that explanation Absolutely. appreciate that uh, so can you talk a little bit more about uh, area-wide protective in your services I know uh, some of the things that I saw related to what you do Obviously, traffic control, uh, setting up work zones. Um, I see safety and training services. Um, how about maybe just starting from the top, number of employees, just kind of a base background of the company? And Sure. Yeah, so we've grown into about, uh, we're about 4,500 employees. Uh, we, yeah. we operate in 22 states. Uh, we operate in the three Atlantic provinces of Canada, so up in uh, uh, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and New Brunswick. Um, on any given day, what that means for us is about 37, 3,800 folks on the, on the ground, uh, field employees. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supported by, you know, roughly 150 or so folks in, in, in our support functions, be it safety, be it administrative, uh, commercial. Um, and, and most of those folks reside in our, in our corporate office in, in North Canton, Ohio. Um, We've done that through organic growth. Uh, you referenced an acquisition uh, mm-hmm. that we made here recently. We've we've acquired a handful of companies uh, along along the path uh, as part of our of our journey, um, and so that's our that's our daily deployment. And so within that context of of that thirty eight hundred or so folks that are on the road, we're about eighty eighty five percent utility related temporary zone setups. Mm-hmm. So that may be flagging, that may be lane closures, or for the most part, zones that are going to go up and then come down, in most cases that day. Sure. Uh, beyond that, we 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 do deliver services uh, for DOT type customers. So so uh, be that crash trucks, you know, TMA uh, type deliveries. Uh, it it still is more so a labor intensive mobile type setup, but extended to the DOT um, environment. Okay. Uh, so that's a revenue stream for us. Uh, we do engineering in-house, and so uh, creation of traffic control plans uh, in a number of states. Uh, we do provide safety training uh, in a number of areas uh, for some of our customers uh, as it relates primarily to traffic control. Um, our Canadian s- subsidiary uh, trains a little beyond that, uh, okay. but uh, for the most part, it's uh, as it relates to traffic control. Okay. And your role, your chief operating officer for for uh, area wide protective. Um, what types of things are you engaged in as it relates to safety? And you know, you guys are in the thick of it every day, right? You're setting up protective zones for you know for the workforce, but it's putting your you know your team members right right in the line of fire, really, you know. Absolutely. Uh, You know, our our operating team and our safety team work hand in hand. You know, Mm -hmm. we do have a safety, you know, department, if you will, uh, but it's a a collaborative partnership. And so in my role, uh, spending a lot of time uh, defining, along with my partners in the safety group, defining what it is that 
our cultures should look like, how we go about achieving that goal, uh, some of the introduction of, of some progressive uh, tactics in terms of observations, uh, definition and some consolidation of some key roles. Um, and and from, from an operating standpoint, ensuring that we have the leadership team in place in the field to uphold what it is that we expect of ourselves, right? Sure. Some, and some level of accountability that goes along with that. Yeah, I saw one of the initiatives, I think it talked about what maybe two years ago that you added um, like 50 project managers or something maybe to help with. Yeah, yeah. So we've gone through a couple of, we've gone through a little bit of an evolution, Randy, as it, as it, as it relates to that. And so, uh, you know, our team as it exists, our senior leadership team and most of, uh, of our mid-level uh, management uh, the longest serving folks are in that kind of seven-ish, eight-year range, and, and at that time ago, we were we were kind of a startup, you know, owner-operator, uh, smaller business, and so our true safety journey began about that time, six or seven years ago, and and we've we've I like to describe this to customers as you know utilities that have been, which again are our primary uh, customer base that have been on this safety journey for. 25, 30 years, 35 years, we're trying to compress that window and get ourselves up to a position where we have a nice, uh, well-rounded, uh, you know, kind of behavioral-based program. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's taken on a, a number of evolutions. Uh, you know, one of the areas that's foundational to that is our job observation practice. And so the, pro- the project manager was the position uh, originally referred to um, but their, their, their primary focus was uh, field observations, Okay. right? And we started down the path of just getting them in place, setting goals, helping them understand what to look at. And that's evolved into a, a little more proactive approach where we're capturing, you know, results of the observations, uh, what, what we have opportunity, whether it be in, on the safety side or the quality side to make improvements are, improvements in, excuse me, and so we can capture that by team, we can capture that by location or region, and really start to make some decisions on training and coaching to go along with what we're seeing out in the field. So uh, the project manager position exists still in form. Um, one of the key uh, moves that we made operationally tail end of last year was to understand and identify that our facility managers really have the best opportunity to coach their folks. And so we did a little bit of a restructure to enable them to spend about half their time in the field. Okay. So we augment that with some level of field inspections through, through, through an inspector role, but our primary vehicle for, the, for that inspection is our facility manager. And so they're tasked to inspect, you know, 18 to 20% of our zones uh, and, and do so. We operate and track you know, from a performance metric standpoint by facility on a weekly basis. Uh, and so we do achieve that, that volume and uh, it's been good for us. It's been probably the primary journey for us, the primary piece of the journey for us over the last 12 months. How do you uh, track and trend that? Do you use any type of 
you know, observation tool or any platform out there. I know we use predictive solutions on a lot of our jobs, but there's a lot of different things out there. Anything that you can share with? Yeah, ours is a little bit homegrown. And okay. so, um, you know, we, we leverage Salesforce in a, in oh, okay. a number of ways. And okay. so we're a, we're a paper-free uh, mm-hmm. delivery. So our, you know, our job briefings on the tablets and our tickets at the end of the day are signed on the tablets. And so it made sense for us to kind of homegrow that Gotcha. within that within one of the salesforce modules but it does give us the opportunity to kind of trend uh and to understand compliance and and target you know our approach would be let's understand the categories we have greatest opportunity for improvement okay and let's be kind of laser focused on making that improvement sure and inevitably right that they improve and they're likely are a couple that that fall to the list that need most attention and kind of just monitoring that over time gotcha so what type of, uh, you talked a little bit about your safety staff, or you mentioned your uh, safety team. What, um, what does that consist of for your company? What's it look like? Sure. So we have a, uh, you know, a chief uh, safety and security officer uh, that leads that effort. Uh, three directors, uh, each with a little you know, different spin on, on their particular role as they fit into the puzzle, but director level folks. And then we have uh, safety managers within each one of the regions. Okay. Um, in addition to that, there's a training force that's a combination of safety debar- department employees and some folks that are on the operating side uh, that have become trained the trainer certified um, in, in a number of disciplines. Okay. I noticed um, the safety commitment. You talk about um, three things, safety certified, safety culture, and safety model. And I, I kind of I like the model at um, the... Uh, the words that, that you guys use, every team member looking out for the well-being of each other. Can you talk a little bit about those three pillars, I guess, of your commitment or the AWP commitment? Yeah, so so every every person looking out for the well-being of, of one another is really key in, in our delivery. And so uh, in large part, we're two-person crews. Uh, okay. Th- this scenario may call for a, a little more robust solution, but you know, if you cut it up, it's probably 85% of our operations, a two person crew, um, where that's come to life most is, uh, we, we, we carved out and created, you know, what we call our cardinal uh, traffic control safety rules, right? Foundational, you know, so one of the three rules and, in, in, as you have as well, have seen, mm-hmm. Uh, a number of approaches that all have the same sentiment, right? Which is to let's boil down this 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 safety book, all of which are important, right? All of our expectations sure. are important, but you know which, how few you know number of rules can we identify as being cardinal that you know when followed without fail alleviates the greatest opportunity for harm, and so uh, as it relates uh, to looking out for one another. Um, our, our second rule is the use of a qualified, uh, dedicated observer, right? And so as we look at that in, in our context is, you know, we're most exposed to harm as we're setting up and breaking down our work zone. And so if you can envision, right, our, our second person, our partner, as we more commonly refer to it, uh, who's, who's a part of that crew as our leads setting up our advanced warning signs or, or, or other devices, we want this person stationed with the sole function of observing oncoming traffic, storm whistle in hand, ready to make ready to make warning that, that it appears anyhow that there could be a you know a breach. 
Okay. Yeah. So talk about your, yeah, the whistle. I was reading about that, but can you talk about that? I guess a little bit. It's basically, you're blowing a whistle if there's traffic coming, right? <laughs> it is. Or, I mean, it is. is that basic? Or? Yeah. So, I mean, and they all kind of, they all kind of uh, intertwine a little bit. So, sure. you know, so our three cardinal rules are, uh, you know, hazard identification, you know, through the use of a documented job briefing. Right. Right. The second uh, being the use of a qualified, dedicated, you know, dedicated observer. You know, third being uh, use of visual and audible uh, PPE. So the audible component of that is our storm whistle. Storm whistle. And okay. so uh, as we go through uh, practice of, of a job briefing with our, cus- with our own crew and then our customer crew, our protectors will identify the fact that they carry, you know, on their person uh, a storm whistle. And so when there appears to be, whether it be during zone setup or whether, whether it's through the active management of the zone, where it, when it appears that a vehicle is, is either errant or appears that it will be errant, mm-hmm. then they'll sound that whistle as an audible uh, notification to our, our partner on the other side of the zone uh, and the customer crew uh, that, that, that it appears that harm is, uh, is imminent. I was uh, talking about um, intrusion into the work zone. I was reading an article just uh, earlier today, honestly, about from the AGC. They did a survey on 400 highway contractors. You may have read the same thing, or you, you probably know the stats, but they said 67% reported at least one intrusion of a motor vehicle into the work construction work zone over the last year. That's roughly like 270 vehicles, probably higher because they just mentioned one, at least one, into their work zone. So I can see your uh, the program. Obviously, it makes sense um, what you're what you're talking through. Now, I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I I did download your um, uh, five AWP practices for taking safety. I'm looking through my notes here and and uh, just trying to be prepared. So I'm glad you, you hit on, hit on that. Um, can you talk a little bit about your good catch and near miss program? I mean, if you want to talk through those five AWP practices, I've got it. Yeah. That's maybe a good place for us to go, but sure. Uh, good catch near, near miss program is, is traditional in the sense that it, it mirrors what most, uh, what, what most organizations who have deployed a, a similar program in, in that, uh, we're asking our folks to identify, uh, either a good catch, you know, or near miss, mm-hmm. uh, as they occur or shortly thereafter, as, as soon as it's, it's safe to do so. And, uh, we've made it really easy for them, uh, to document that on their tablet. And so logged again, I referenced earlier that we use Salesforce as a kind of a platform across our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those events are logged, uh, within that module that we have the ability to, re- to, to report against and, or, uh, grab as an example, uh, and we use those often. Uh, we'll include them in, in some of our customer reportings. We, we include them in some of our internal safety communications, and we really encourage our facility managers to go in and pull uh, good catch near miss events uh, out of out of the portal for uh, use in their safety meetings. Right, so find that when they have the opportunity, particularly if it's within their own office to identify a fellow protector having made a great uh, observation and, and applicable, and oftentimes they know who it is, and it just seems to resonate. So uh, we're far from perfect at utilizing 
Uh, the tool I can tell you, though, we've uh, we 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 have received uh, you know direct from our employees. I think that they count as somewhere in the neighborhood this year to date of uh, seven thousand uh, good catch near misses. I was going to say I was reading it. it um past stats it looked like yeah you talk i mean at least four thousand a year which that's pretty impressive yeah our first year we had four thousand four thousand that was the first year yeah so it's taken hold it's taken hold and um and and was again another element that we introduced as we're as we're going down this path of 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 a of a more mature safety culture yeah so uh point three on on the five AWP practices talks about uh, discipline leadership safety program. You, I think maybe you've already hit on that, but project manager program, anything else there that I'm assuming that's what we talked about a little bit ago, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's some form and there's some function, you know, I I've been a believer um, in my career from an operating standpoint that to, to truly deliver a safe work environment for, for that, that the ownership day in day out must reside uh, with the folks who are managing the business, mm-hmm. right? And so we we very uh, clearly uh, incorporate safety in our in our performance and progress uh, in in all of our communications, right? And so uh, so discipline around that uh, it takes it, it takes a number of forms. You know, we track our, as I mentioned earlier our inspections. We track our good catch near miss. Um, we have a really powerful. Uh, GPS safety tool in our in our fleet mm-hmm. um, that has that has driven um, a decrease you know a double digit decrease now for the third year um, in our PVA rate and so um, it, that is front and center daily it hits it hits our quote unquote operations scorecard on a weekly basis and so we're you know we're facilitating calls you know accountability type calls mm-hmm. um, in that area. Um, and it's been pretty powerful, but yeah, I mean, culturally, uh, we are one of, of measuring performance, uh, in posting metrics and, and having some discussion around that and getting better in, in safety is always at the forefront there. Well, we talked about, uh, I reached out to you, I think, I think it was maybe a, a year and a half ago, 18 months or so. Um, you know, we have a fleet of 70 plus, right? Nowhere near what you have on the roads, but uh, our exposure, you know, over the past eight years has increased quite a bit um, from basically zero trucks on the road to, you know, 70 plus. And uh, our team members are driving, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles every year in uh, in support of our clients. And um, so I, I had reached out and we had talked a little bit about uh, metrics and some of the key things that you track. Uh, what you're doing with your program. You talked about Smith Systems. We've put all of our drivers through Smith Systems last year. Um, we're, you know, tracking, trending uh, metrics, not for the sake of tracking and trending metrics, but for the sake of sharing habits, trying to improve. Um, but, uh, yeah, I noticed the uh, the GPS platform that's, I don't even, is it Azuga? Azuga is the Azuga. platform, yes. Yeah, so tell me about that platform and how you use it. So there's a, there are a number of things that I like about it and, and, and we enjoy as a company. One, the installation is, is on, the, on the light fleet, which is the over, you know, 95% of our fleet's light fleet pickup type trucks. Uh, and so the installation is very easy. Um, it's robust, and I've seen a number and had experience mm-hmm. with a number, and it can track yeah, to 25 plus areas, I'm sure. sure. Um, what we do, 
excuse me, what we do is leverage uh, what we what we refer to as a GPS safety score. And so every driver uh, is assigned a score on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. And so that score is composed of really three areas. And so it's uh, excessive acceleration, acceleration uh, hard brake. Both of those are defined as a change in speed of 10 miles an hour, 8 to 10 in a second or less. So okay. on the accelerating side, on the decelerating side. And then posted speed limit violations. And so there's a score for each category. Uh, we weight hard braking as half of that score. It's, it's, it's the item that we find to, to have the, the heaviest correlation to a potential event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, again, every, every driver is, is, receives a score. Uh, it's a model that is used throughout the insurance industry. In fact, I've noticed a couple of, 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 of the larger insurance providers uh, advertising TV mm-hmm. commercials, the, the, the opportunity to become a, you know, a discounted driver, and it, and it appears that the score is very similar. Um, you know, when we first deployed the solution, uh, full network, uh, we were performing somewhere in the mid-80s, low-80s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the insurance industry would say something in that, at least as, as Azuga calculates a score, right, something in kind of the high 70s, uh, low-80s would be, you know, an average to above-average driver. Okay. And we first started to celebrate drivers who could sustain a score of 90 or better. And, uh, and so you can set up the platform to give you an alert every time there's a hard break or a posted speed limit violation. And, uh, and, and our local operators can, can uh, work within the platform to identify what they believe is most important to them at this time. Uh, but what it really what it boils down to is, is taking the opportunity uh, whether it be on a daily or weekly basis, and identifying specific infractions, having counseling sessions with specific drivers, yeah, even pulling up the GPS. Every week. And can you remember when you were right here, right at the corner of Main and, and 3rd yeah. Street, and you registered a heartbreak? And, uh, and the drivers most typically can recall what caused them, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have that infraction. And so... We've really dialed into that, and and so our score as a company has elevated to where we very routinely, f- the entire fleet performs at a 90. And uh, in fact, we were recognized by Azuga second quarter as uh, a top 10 fleet in uh, in their portfolio of over uh, 3,000 fleets. Yeah, I see that. It uh, said that AWP drivers rank in the top three safest drivers list for Azuga. I'm going to check out Azuga. We use... Uh Geotab, yeah, different system through our fleet um, provider, but uh, it's yeah. been very powerful. I mean, it really has, and 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 yeah. particularly the safety score in general, but particularly that hard break score has been uh, impactful for us to to latch onto and and kind of elevate our expectation. Yeah, the uh, in your world, um, and you know these these things here man there's such a habit you know you see him i was telling joe i was on my way back to the office today i was at an event this morning and uh on this little road right outside the office but on her phone almost you know coming over into my lane i mean it's just so common unfortunate but 
um, too common that you see uh, that distracted driving. I know you. Uh, that's one of the key things that you all focus on. You want to talk about that at all, or? So distracted driving, uh, kind of twofold. You know, one being, you know, hard break for us as it registers of our own drivers. Mm-hmm. And not, I wouldn't go so far as to say one to one, but the majority of those are a result of being distracted in some form or function. Could be in conversation with the partner. Could you know? Sure. We certainly hope it's not related to to use of a cell phone, but but it's an indicator that you you you, you lost your cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we're act- actively managing the work zone, you know we 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 begin with coaching uh, the proper pl- positioning, right? The proper proper place to be to begin with, um, and part of that is an evaluation of leaving yourself an escape route, right? And so um, things happen quick. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about the storm whistle, and, and right. we talked about you know some of these. Uh, approaches that that we really are, are, are key to our delivery um, and then in addition to that is making sure that you get yourself out of harm's way uh, and so you know guarding against that distracted driver and being aware of your surroundings and uh, different different uh, work zones bring different uh, in there are times where having worked in a certain area for a period of time you uh, you can you can latch on to what what those those types of, of, of drivers are, are, are focusing on right mm-hmm. and so um, if you're at a particular intersection uh, you might identify that as, as being uh, you know more so than normal uh, kind of flow of folks using phones or you know uh, any other, me- any other right. mean of, of, of distraction yeah how about um training for your team members can you talk a little bit about how do you prepare your team to to get out in the work environment um and face that exposure so yeah so there's a combination for us of so our folks receive in, as part of their orientation uh in in their first uh you know, short period of time with the company uh, in the neighborhood of 40 hours of training um, and it's a mixture of classroom type settings um it's a in in hands-on application um, specifically as it relates to traffic control, we, we, we leverage uh, ATSA and, and the certification that, that comes with, uh, with becoming a, you know, an ATSA certified uh, traffic control uh, technician. Um, but we also spend time in, in first aid and, and we spend time in, in you know, hazardous materials and, and, and mo- common platforms within you know, OSHA uh, right. type uh, environments okay so let's uh i I guess staying on the training topic how do you prepare um for maybe some uh, some of the more uh, sophisticated work zone setups and things like that so great question uh you know several years ago uh we we took the approach where we identified uh skill sets that were uh, more uh prevalent uh, or or of a higher demand on some of our more sophisticated work zones and so a result of which was that we, uh, we, we created a classification system um, that would be very common amongst skilled trade type uh, uh, of, of environments. And so uh, our folks come in, as, as we've mentioned a number of times, uh, as protectors, and they start on a journey to become ultimately a senior protector. Uh, and that journey generally takes two years. And it's a, it's a combination of ongoing education, both uh, some in the classroom, some uh, hands-on in the field, okay. as well as uh, identification uh, by existing uh, senior protectors 
or project leads and the facility manager uh, to, to, to observe and, and acknowledge that that person has progressed in, in their skill set. So, so we have a protector, we have our senior protectors, uh, and a number of steps along that way, and then a project lead position. Uh, the more sophisticated, you know, the line crossings, the rolling roadblocks, uh, multiple crash trucks, uh, those projects will, are staffed with pro- a, a higher weighting of project leads. Okay. Uh, folks who understand how to read read the prints, how to understand how to interpret uh, what we're asking and, and what the customer is asking us to deploy uh, in managing that larger work group. Gotcha. Can you uh, maybe elaborate just a touch on uh, the sophistication of a project, right? I mean, you can drive down the road and you can see a work zone set up, but maybe hit on maybe one of the more sophisticated projects that you guys are involved in and that people may not realize though. Yeah, yeah. So as um, we're preparing for a project right now uh, out in New York, uh, where it's a series of uh, highway crossings associated with a larger transmission wire pole that'll take place. Uh, a number, I think there are six weekends identified, uh, kind of fall into winter. Now, taking into consideration the proximity to on ramps, the number of you know the lanes of traffic, uh, speed. Uh, of course, the New York DOT requirements. Uh, that particular project, the solution will, will be anywhere from four uh, truck-mounted attenuators deployed uh, to, to as many as 16 uh, on one project. Um, and there's some uh, requirements for advanced notifications. There's uh, there's there's a permitting process, of course. Uh, but but the the, the t- typical application uh, in the required application. Uh, probably better put, it will be, uh, you know, regulated by, in this case, uh, New York DOT, interpreted by our engineering staff, in, in for permitting, out to the field, and then executed over a series of, of crossings. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's shift gears a little bit. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about some stats, and I was looking at some statistics uh 2017, these always run a little bit behind, but uh, the American Road and Transportation Builders Association talked about 710 fatal crashes with 789 fatalities in work zones um, or crashes in or around near work zones, 132 worker fatalities. Um, So how do you keep, uh, just kind of question there, how do you uh, keep your folks laser focused on this is you're you're right up against it every single day. Yeah. Well, anything the, you're doing different. Sure. Maybe? So so the key is to have have the appropriate setup to begin with, right? So the appropriate advanced warning signs set up at the appropriate spacing, right? That's defined for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a nice quality zone is 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 kind of foundational to that, and, and then just continuing uh, emphasis and, and visibility of our field management and inspection team out in the field, right? To make sure that we're keeping folks engaged, that they're mindful of the hazards, that we're, we're reviewing and coaching job briefings to ensure that they've, that they've accounted for uh, not just traffic-related hazards, right, but conditional type of, of hazards, and, uh, and keeping, keeping things fresh uh, in mind. Um, you know, beyond that, um, we see a couple of areas uh, within our footprint that are kind of taking next steps with regard to uh, portable uh, rumble strips as an example, right? Temporary, sure. temporary right. rumber strips. Mm-hmm. Um, very, uh, very common in our, in our Texas operation. 
becoming uh, much more common in our Virginia and West Virginia-based operations, uh, D.C., and uh, just an additional deterrent, right, that if you're not paying attention as a driver and you've, and you've not and heed warning to the, to the signs and, and you have not noticed, you know, our protector uh, right. with the stop paddle, right, you're going you're gonna to hit those uh, rumble strips and, and catch your attention, you know, quickly. Quickly, yeah. Um, what about any, uh, I was recently reading about, you know, there's different states going to hands-free, uh, you know, when we talk about mobile devices, but any other laws or any technology changes out there that can help improve, you know, work zone safety that you're aware of that's... I think, uh, so there, there's a, there is a tech, you know, the, the ITS system that would be, you know, common on more on interstate type applications where uh, there's technology monitoring traffic flow and, and bringing awareness to changing conditions. We're starting to see some technology companies venture into the, uh, the, 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 the smaller thoroughfares, the, the more temporary type zones. So I do see an opportunity and I, I see a future where uh, advanced notification, um, you know, as you as maybe you can envision, right, the, the sensors that are on, you know, most modern modern vehicles that are uh, identifying kind of proximity of an oncoming right. uh, vehicle. Uh, so, so there are um, a number of, of vendors who are, are headed down that path of, of deploying uh, sensors to uh, understand uh, what traffic flow is. Um, we do deploy uh, smart work zones uh, primarily in, in, in with the Texas uh, DOT. Uh, that's that's integrated, and so they're monitoring. You know, t- most typically message board type applications that are monitoring speed of traffic, flow of traffic, uh, volume of traffic, and communicating back through their ITS systems uh, to to have a to have a little better take on what's going on out there. And you know, in quote unquote the real world, right? Sure, sure. Um, what about you? Let's back up just a quick second about um, driver safety do you do you guys use any uh, video application or anything in your work zones or on your vehicles for just capturing what's happening with the with the drive-in or drive home or you know what I mean from a driver safety perspective I know we you talk don't about have GPS. Uh, we don't have video uh, in, you mean internal into our yeah, just well, not necessarily not type necessarily inside the cab, but I know a lot of companies are going to like outside. You know what's happening on the road outside, whether it could be you know whatever the condition might be. Yeah, uh, not on a broad base, not sure. not programmatically. What we do have is we're, we I've I've observed that, you know some some savvy uh, facility managers and field inspectors, uh, almost with like a you know a GoPro, GoPro type of situation, right. right where they're doing a drive through the zone. Uh, to get a feel for for how it's being managed for 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 flow for for quality um, as a supplemental to their their field inspection and observation form. Okay, well, Jared, I think we're we're getting close, man. I really appreciate you coming in today. Um, I, last question I have for you: what what message um, would you like to to get out about work zone safety? Uh, what types of things um, you know maybe our listeners aren't thinking about? Um, maybe they don't realize what, how, you know, I, I would, I would say, you know, first thing comes to my mind is that, you know, the, the phenomena distracted driving is real. And, uh, you know, and I think we see that in a number of areas, uh, some of the statistics that you referenced earlier, uh, we see it in the news, we see it, you know, ourselves as, as we're out and about in, in commuting is, is that the environment at which we operate it is changing. 
and, and will continue to change and, and down down the ways I don't know how far right with uh, autonomous type vehicles and, and, and other technology uh, solutions it will continue to evolve so I would say you know the message to the general industry is that you know traffic control uh, not that it wasn't always a critical part of the delivery um, but it is today and will continue to be so and and, and uh, there are parts of the country that are, are more in front of that than others and uh, I think it's important uh, in, in, in most applications um, a kind of secondary message to that is is to all of us as as kind of humans that uh, uh, there's a there's a purpose being served there uh, that that the crews and, and our protectors uh, are deployed uh, with best interest in mind uh, and, and that's to to bring everyone home at the end of the day same way they came out be that our, be that our folks be that the the customer that we're working for in the motoring public and I think folks I don't think I know folks tend to to, to have a little less patience uh, when they're in their commute and <laughs> and right uh, they, they, it's okay if, if other folks are, are inconvenienced so long as it's not them um, and so it's important for for again us all um, to be mindful of uh, what's going on the work at hand you know the underlying purpose and, and why we're out there and uh, and just extend a little bit of respect to the to the protectors uh, working hard to to bring you home. I was just sitting here thinking about thinking, respect the protectors, man. That's key. I really appreciate your time. Um, it's time to name your episode. What do you think? Yeah, I'd love to stay along the, uh, the lines of, of protection. Uh, I think, I think protect, uh, protect your people is a, is a fair, uh, name for the segment. Awesome. Jared, thank you again for coming in and spending time with us today. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to catching you uh, on the Vine to Zero later on. Thank you. Great. Thank you again.